Hey, this is Kaylee Nicole, and you're listening to Tobin Tonight. Let's hop right into things. Now, Kaylee, although I know you from singing, uh, love the Shania Twain cover, by the way, hashtag Canadian points, you're also an actress. Now, what came first for you? The chicken or the egg? The chicken being music, the egg being acting. Well, I think they started hand in hand for me. I actually, my career in general started in musical theater. That's what I came out of the womb singing and was very passionate about it, like would not shut up basically. (laughs) And my brother called me a really annoying karaoke machine because you could sing one, if you sing tomorrow or said tomorrow, I'd break out in tomorrow from Annie and just take it all the way home. So it kind of started there. And that's kind of where the acting and singing was immediately merged for me. It was immediately hand in hand in my eyes. And then as time went on and things tumbleweeded, I went into TV and film acting. And in that world, when you're starting out, there's a lot of breaks because you have pilot season and episodic season. And in between those seasons, sometimes there's not always a lot going on. So in between when I wouldn't have auditions for either theater or TV and film, I sat down and started writing. But on the other side of things, what was happening in my home life as a kid was my grandma really loves singing country music and has a gorgeous voice. And so around the house, she would be always singing Connie Francis and Patsy Cline to me when I was little. So I had kind of a very interesting experience between musical theater and this really rooted classical country music I was hearing around the house. So I think when I picked up a pen, that kind of naturally really influenced me from storytelling aspects and listening to her. Um, So I think some of my biggest inspirations as a kid were really kind of the old school gospel stuff a lot. Now, as I've grown up, I love like Martina McBride and Shania Twain. I remember so vividly that song that I did the cover of. My mom picked me up from school one day and it came on the radio and I was, I was young. I was probably nine or 10 and I go, mom, turn it up. (laughs) Like I loved that song so much as a kid. So, uh, as I grew up, it definitely expanded out of just the old fifties ish realm of country. But yeah, I I would say it really started in like a classical kind of realm. Now, see, I love how you brought it back with Shania and Martina, because when you say 1950s music, like I'm only 29, you're 23, I was going to be like, there's a group of younger people out there. Like, what? Who is she talking about? And, you know, they may even say that about Martina and Shania. And that, that is where I draw the line. You have to know who Shania and Martina are. Like, come on. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely get a lot of question marks. Even, you know, I've taken things into producers. I'm like, have you heard this song? I think it'd be really cool to do a spinoff of this song or whatever. And I actually think that's a little bit part of like the musical theater actress in me because in some ways, part of my job is to know a lot of songs. I kind of always be ready to go in and sing anything somebody asks me to sing. So I think I know a good amount, fairly good amount. I'm not going to say everything, but a fairly decent amount of very obscure songs. I've taken things into producers and I'll be like, I want to do like a modern version of this. And they're like, who is this? Like, what are you doing? So I definitely, I definitely see that. And I definitely see it with younger. I, I don't really identify with Gen Z, which I, I think I'm technically a cusper, but I definitely see it with Gen Z when I'm, I'm talking to somebody that does identify with Gen Z. They're like, what are you saying? (laughs) Okay. So I want to ask this to you. 
as I like the spire we're going down here, uh, because I grew up on, you know, the Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Garth Brooks, Faith Hill, and so on and so on. So anytime I see a documentary or doc uh, or like a news item on them, I'm invested. But it's also weird to think like, wow, we're getting old fast. So you mentioned these docs or series to like a younger demographic or someone maybe like 15 to 16 and they have no interest. And like, it's fair enough. Like they probably shouldn't. And if they do, that's great. But you know, who do you think their go-tos will be and who are yours? I feel like theirs will be probably Taylor. I think Taylor Swift will be a big one for a lot of people, especially because she's crossed so many genres too. Uh, You know, she's not just like a country singer anymore. So I think Taylor will be somebody where if there's a documentary made about her in 30 years, they're going to be like, wait, she's how old? What? I I think it'll be her, Billie Eilish, probably I could see. Probably like little Nas. I wouldn't be surprised if he's somebody that we're all like, he's how old? When did that happen? Hillary Duff was mine. That was like, I had everything Hillary Duff you can possibly think of. And I'm not lying. I had pencils. I had notebooks. I had pencil carriers. Like you name, yeah, like you name it, I had it. And so that's somebody for me that like she posted about her kid. And I was like, wait. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, hold up. You have a kid. Like when, when did this happen? Uh, I remember you as Liz McGuire. Uh, the Lizzie McGuire movies, being a Disney star who didn't get into drugs and wasn't crazy and still crossed over into the music. So kudos. Like to me, it was Disney and preteen movies. Like when did you become not Hilary Duff in my mind? If I ever met her in person, like I'm sure I would probably try to address her as Hilary, but I probably would accidentally say, hey, Lizzie. And she'd be like, actually, it's Hillary. And I'll go like, uh, actually, Wrong, no, 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 Lizzie. no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a little bit. I see Daniel Radcliffe that way, too. Yeah. Like he's he's hairy for me. And yeah. it's really hard for me to not see him as hairy yeah. for sure. I like how you use Taylor for your example, because like I had a love hate relationship with Taylor, but like she never wrote a song about it. So thank God uh, I'm in the clear. But I loved early country Taylor. I thought she was like going to be the next Faith Hill, the next thing in country music. Like, well, the next big thing in country music, I should say. Because like, I loved our song, you know, like, our song is the slamming screen door. I loved that one. Loved Tim McGraw. Loved the hookup with Tim McGraw in terms of, highway, don't care if you're alive. This is why I do podcasts. I don't sing. Uh, but yes, I thought like, great. This is going to be great for country music. We've got the new country basically superstar here then she goes around turns pop and i was just furious i was like man you had this at your hands uh but like i just couldn't listen to the pop stuff at first because i was just still so furious and i guess a lot of it was it was getting repetitionally played on the radio a lot so it made me kind of not like it because overkill basically but uh with time i really like taylor i go back and listen to stuff off red I like some of her new stuff as well. But at that moment in time, I was like, why? Why did you do this? And I guess I secretly start like even during high school, maybe and college when people weren't too fussy on Taylor, I was probably still listening to it. But like not I was like mad at myself, like, oh, why am I listening to this? 
But then again, you know, with age comes perspective and I get why she did it and, you know, kudos to her now. But I feel like there's a generation out there that looks at Taylor Swift, maybe the same way that we look at like Shania or Garth, where it's kind of like she created a country pop genre or pop country. I'm going to be honest, which maybe I shouldn't be saying this as a country singer because I admire Taylor a lot. Don't get this wrong. But I was in the same boat. I was upset she left country music. I was like excuse you what are you doing yeah, yeah, <laughs> why would you do that but but same this evolution that's happened for her and of course like yeah i i do love the pop stuff she's done like reputation i was totally i was on the treadmill yesterday 1000 percent listening to reputation but <laughs> that's not the point i do love this evolution that has happened for her and kind of you know i i actually think that's really cool what's really cool about music and being an artist is the way that it changes throughout and follows you in your stages of life because those were all just different versions of taylor that she followed and allowed herself to be inspired from and kind of not shy away from because the other thing she could have done was continue to be a country singer but been kind of lying because that wasn't what she felt inside and what she wanted to sing inside or how she wanted her sound to be. So she could have kept us all happy, but at the end of the day, she probably wouldn't have been writing lyrics that were true to her. She just would have been trying to please us. So I also, it gave me a lot of self-reflection as an artist because it's like, she had to have known she was going to make a lot of people pretty unhappy by leaving country music. And so it takes a lot of courage to follow what you want to do versus what the crowd wants you to do. And there's something to be said about that, I think. All right. No, no, no. That's cool. I mean, I, I agree with that. That's enough Taylor talk for now. I actually want to say, I think some of your Instagram posts are pretty funny, especially when you're making fun of the acting side, like saying, okay, uh, be mean, but not too mean. Okay, you're you're in love, you're in love, but not like over the moon in love. Okay, okay, forget that. Now you're excited, but not like overly excited. Like, you know, like, yeah, you're just happy, but don't go overboard with it. Like, as an actress, is this true or... I wish that that were not based off of true stories from casting directors. I truly do. And I had I had some people comment on TikTok. They were like, well, I get this in a, in a script, you know, like the character arc. And I was like, I've had this said to me over a line. Like, this is not... I, I get it, too. If it's a character arc, they're nice. And then they have their rough days. We get it. Yeah. Not when you have one scene. Like, that's not it. You know, you just have to try it. And honestly, I will say the one thing that is not included in that video, but is very true. I've gotten feedback, stood there, listened to it and been like, I don't know what this means, but I'm just going to try it. And then I try it. And there's kind of this moment where it clicks in. And I'm like, I get it. It's better yeah. that way. I see why you asked that. <laughs> so it's, you know, you kind of learn this as an actor to like kind of, it's a, it's a bit of an ego thing. You have to set your ego aside and just listen to what somebody's saying to you and be like, all right, I'll try it. Like, it's not how I see the scene working, but like, you know what you're going for. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then there's definitely other times where you bomb them and, you know, <laughs> you just say, thank you. I know where the door is. Have a great day and walk out. <laughs> so let's talk the song and the music video for aim a little higher, because when I seen it on Instagram for the first time, like, I'm going to be honest with you. That's what I do here. I was like, uh, is this like the new Bachelorette? Like, am I supposed to be invested? Like, what happened to the other Bachelorette? <laughs> well, my godfather like, thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so did I. So that's two. Uh, shout out to my buddy Colin. Inside joke. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, Kelly. Uh, but tell me how this song and video kind of came to be. 
So uh, that song started, I actually wanted to write a song. I was planning to go into the session. I had this idea of kind of like a love ballad situation. And then my co-writers, Michael and Brett, kind of started asking me more about my dating life. <laughs> and they're like, what, like, you know, what do you think it's been for you? I was like, no, I think... I probably could have done a lot better a lot of times. <laughs> and they just kind of kept pulling it out of me. And the next thing we knew, instead of writing this kind of heartfelt ballad about everything kind of happening for a reason in a way, it turned into this song about like aiming higher. And it kind of turned into us trying to be really clever and cheeky with the lyrics because that's really, I'm sure you can kind of gather from talking to me. That's kind yeah. of my personality, but I have never really written a song that really exhibited that in the lyrics so then it became this whole fun twist on what I was already trying to say and then the music video I took it to the directors Jensen and Lindsay and told them I said I, I love personally I love watching music videos with storylines I and don't get me wrong performance music videos are great but I just yeah. I, I think it's the actress in me like I'm a sucker for a storyline so I, I told them I was like give me something out of left field. Like, I just want something that you think I'm going to say no to send me that idea. That's what I want to hear. Okay. And so they sent me, they were like, what if you were the bachelorette? And immediately I was like, yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Like, I don't, you can tell me the rest of what you guys are thinking for the whole three minutes of the song, but yeah, like, that's the idea for sure. And then we just kind of kept building on it together of what the sequences would be. Cause at first the guys are going to play football and we are like, no, we can make it more funny. So then it was sumo wrestling and kind of just building uh, one of my favorite parts of the video that didn't make it to the final cut. We actually have the same style interviews of me with all the guys. Like they all, we filmed an interview for every single guy and they are so funny. It was so hard on set to keep a straight face while these guys were talking. Honestly, none of them were actors. <laughs> like they're all just like one of them was the director's boyfriend. They were just people we could find friends. We could find not random people, <laughs> but friends we could find that would do it. And one, one guy, the one that was the stock trader, he's a friend from my classes at USC. Like <laughs> I was like, Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you want to be in a music video? <laughs> and uh, so I was really impressed because we just asked we like started rolling the camera and we were like just talk like see what you can do and honestly i i was really proud of all of them because that terrifies most non-actors and they all did fantastic so i don't know i'm a little tempted to release those and share them now before we got cut off in our last interview you were comparing music to being a football player uh, if you don't mind <laughs> can you explain that for me again and please Please use your Tom Brady example. I honestly, I just said to my producers yesterday, which this might sound, this probably sounds stupid to anybody else, but I actually see myself as a football player because <laughs> why? that sounds so silly, but I think it's something that's really important to do because like what I was saying to my producer is like, do you think Tom Brady was messing around before the Super Bowl? No. Yeah. You're like, Tom Brady was up every morning working his tushy off, eating the right things, taking care of himself, training, working his muscles. And as vocalists and artists, we are working our muscles. It, a voice, our voice is a muscle. And working it every single day is part of what we have to do. And I, I said to him, I was like, listen, Tom Brady became Tom Brady because Tom Brady knew he was Tom Brady. Like, yeah. he didn't wait for somebody else to tell him who he was. He knew it. And he kept 
aiming that. <laughs> I almost, I, that was not on purpose. I was about to say he kept aiming that high, but he did, you know, he, he woke up every morning and was like, you know, I'm going to win this Super Bowl, that Super Bowl, that, that, like, He believed that in himself. And so I actually, I do see myself that analytically. And I wish I had some sports commenters like watching me and be like, Ooh, that was a bad move for Kaylee's career. She should have not done that. Hey, hey, listen, no, no worries. I got a diploma in sports journalism. I'll be your uh, play-by-play life guy. But what I do find very interesting here is you're a Trojan and you're rooting for, and you're inspired by Tom Brady. Like how, how is that a thing? Yeah, I, I love Tom Brady. And I think, you know, I think it's really true. I think people, there's a little bit of an attitude in some ways towards the creative, um, the beginning stages for yeah. creative individuals where people don't take them seriously, which then causes this situation where sometimes you don't take yourself seriously. So I do think it's a little bit similar-esque to football because that is also a career that's very unknown similar to music you cannot get drafted i just see a lot of similarities that i think anybody else would be like you are so silly and american right now but i really think there are very similar risks involved to like pursuing to be one of the greatest quarterbacks and pursuing to be a great singer there's they're really both very risky things to want to do it's not like a straight linear line towards a career so i i don't know tom brady is a weird <laughs> like it's not even because i think he's attractive it's i really admire his career and mindset his and how drive. he takes care of himself yeah, yeah his drive i really and, admire that see now that's the clip we want for tmz it'd be like kaylee nicole compares herself to tom brady they're just gonna take one sound bite from this and say i see myself as a football player and yes, then i'm gonna have a lot of confused people and all my friends that have played like football with me for fun are going to be like you're not you should stop yeah they'd be considered like your managers and your friends they'd definitely be concerned if you just traded in your guitar your mic for a helmet cleats and shoulder pads they'd be like well, are you you okay there kaylee yeah. i was actually joking about this with um a director that i work with i was like what if i just pivoted yeah. and he's like kaylee i would really sit you down i would really sit you down and i'd be like you cannot do this. You're yeah. not good at this. <laughs> As I was talking about going into football, it's like, I'll be the first female or not the first. There's been so what was her name? It just happened. I'm blanking. But the second girl on a football team. And he was like, no, no, <laughs> you will not. <laughs> okay. So like I noticed throughout this little chat, uh, which by the way, I'm completely enjoying, uh, like you're a very bubbly, laid back, easygoing kind of person. You actually remind me a lot of Melissa Joan Hart in like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, uh, which full disclosure uh, was one of my favorite shows with a girl lead. Like, do other people tell you this, Kaylee? And do you take it as a compliment? Because if you don't, we're just about to close off this interview right now. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I honestly, I have, I've gotten Melissa Joan. Thank you. It's a compliment to me because I loved that show growing up. So, and I actually love the spinoff they did. I don't know if you've watched it, but I I think it's really good. But yeah, I I definitely, there's a lot of train tracks going in here. So yeah. yeah, And and I don't mean to cut you off there. It's just that I'm like, geez, she's an actress. And if they're ever looking to cast a Sabrina, the teenage witch, whether it be in like anime or real life, it's like, like she fits the bill. She's right here. I would be <laughs> right on top of that. I loved all the, I loved Bewitched so much. I think yeah. I was like, 
12 or 13 and I watched every season of Bewitched. Um, I loved Sabrina Teenage Witch. I loved those shows. They were great. Yeah, they definitely were. I agree. They were like one of my favorites as well. Well, some of my favorites. Uh, I want to get your opinion on this from a person both in like the music and the acting field because I can imagine it's very key to be active on social media nowadays, but like it can be kind of kind of cool, I guess, uh, to reach an audience on like TikTok or Instagram that you wouldn't before. But the double-edged sword, because there's always a double-edged sword, is if you're not constantly doing something on it or updating, it's like, are you even working? Like, what are you doing here? Like, I just try to post podcast stuff. And I feel like that's work, but I do feel a lot of my work goes unnoticed because like I'm not posting every time I edit or do a pre slash post interview clip like, oh, well, here's who we had to get ready for this week. Or, yeah, we just clued up an interview here. Like, I get it. You can post it for like a promo, but like not immediately right after. Um, So like a lot of the work that you're doing, like the hours going into podcasting, you don't see that. But maybe the hour that I'm posting or like the 30 second clip for you to check out that hour interview. Like it feels like it's not justifying the whole five hours or so I've been doing other things. Like, I guess, you know, what do you say or what say you in this kind of aspect? If, if this makes sense to you, like, do you think it's a double-edged sword for social media? I think it, it's a double-edged sword, especially in this pandemic. I kind of had to really reframe my mindset to honestly embrace social media because I find it really draining on a personal level. It just, I feel, takes a lot away from me. And so I, I ended up, I have help on social media now, which oh, wow. I think was really important for me because it just, it was really becoming kind of un. I just wasn't happy. I was so unhappy because of social media. And it kind of, especially when the pandemic hit, I really felt like everything was based off of social media for me. Like my successes, my downfalls were based off of social media. And I was like, I'm working so hard that I'm just not showing people. And that I, I like being that way. That's not to be like, I'm working hard, (laughs) but because I wasn't posting on social media, it made me forget how hard I was not was working and made me feel like I wasn't working hard and made me feel like I wasn't like pushing things and trying hard and working every day when the truth is that I was, it just wasn't on social media. And so it's, it's definitely been a double-edged sword to me, but like you're saying, then there's something really cool about it, especially with TikTok, because there's kind of been, especially for actors always with Instagram, you know, people don't really before TikTok, they don't want to see you like post a self tape or something or like acting to a camera. And people are like, don't do that. Like, no, but now with TikTok, it's like, you can do a little skit and people can see what you can do. And if you're funny and all this sort of stuff, like, especially going back to the musical theater side, pre TikTok, I, I kind of looked at my Instagram one day, like honestly about a year ago. And I was like, no one would know. No one but no, I do theater that like, who's going to, no yeah, because I was, yeah, nobody's going to know. They're not going to know. Um, but I was having such a hard time, like bridging that gap between like Kaylee, the country singer and Kaylee, the actor and musical theater lover and pursuer. Yeah. I was having a really hard time bridging that gap. And so I do, I am in that same breath. Like I said, the double-edged sword, really grateful for TikTok. Cause it's kind of made me be like, Oh, I can, I can show these things now and show people like that. I have this other side of me that I really enjoy doing and am pursuing almost 
as much as I'm pursuing my music. Cause it was, I don't know. It was weird. It was almost like I was hiding a whole other side mm. of myself, which is, I don't know. I was a little bit used to that as a theater person. Yeah, because... Yeah, because see, so you didn't want people to see your Hannah Montana side, the other side, the other side, the it's other like, side. Which one? I feel like it was almost the Miley side. I was hiding. <laughs> I feel like it, I was saying, yeah, sure. I'm Hannah Montana. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And then like hiding Miley away from everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, 100%. I mean, but... that's a good reference. That's a solid reference. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think the Gen Zers would like it. I think they'd yeah. approve. Yeah. But yeah, no, no, no. I totally get it. It's about like a balance of the two. Yeah, yeah. I, it's really. And then it's also this balance of where it's like, you know, also being private and what you do want to share and what you don't want to share. It's a yeah. very, I, I hope that one day we kind of find this balance just as a society in general, a healthy area for social media where it can live for people where it's not performance pressure or making people feel inadequate because of seeing everyone's successes and where people are a little more honest. You know, I'm, I'm hoping there's a little bit of a balance there. No, listen, I agree. It's something we haven't quite mastered yet, but like, hopefully we get there, right? Kaylee, to close out this fun, bubbly interview, do you want to play a game of firsts? Oh, okay. Awesome. All right. So to close it out, the only one I'm going to ask you here for first, because I feel like you're going to give me a really good answer. Tell me about your first ever time on stage, like the good and the bad. I'm going to go more. I'm going to go because my first time literally on stage, I honestly hardly remember. So uh, I'm going to go my first, <laughs> like I could fake it, but uh, it was probably some random time. So I'm going to go, I, I was in a show in Los Angeles uh, called the American Girl Review based off the American Girl dolls. I think the best thing about that experience or like best moment on stage, there kind of was a song that we sang at the end and when the girls would come in, cause you know, we're singing to younger girls and uh, on the back of their playbill, it was the last, the lyrics of the last song we were singing. And I remember my opening night, just standing on stage, singing the song and looking out and seeing all these. And I was still 11 at the time, but seeing more like five and six year old girls singing songs al along with me and our cast. And I was like, this is really cool. Uh, I, then I think the worst moment in the show, I had a 30 second quick change from a flannel and cargo pants into overalls, a white shirt and brand new shoes. And so I had about four dressers helping me during that change. Oh, wow. <laughs> I just remember I like my, I, you know, you were, you've done it some shows before. So, you know, the like three lines up before your cue is really what you yeah. were like listening for in the middle of those sequences. So I hear line one, I hear line two and I hear, where's her left shoe. <laughs> I just like see one of my dressers like sprinting and I'm like stepping on stage. I'm like, well, gonna hear about this from the director, but we're going on stage with one shoe. And then I just feel like my left foot is up in the air and I just feel a shoe get slipped on. <laughs> and I just like walked out and had both my shoes on. So I would say that was like a best slash worst moment because it was like terrifying, but then also legendary of the dressers backstage to like get a shoe on a woman mid walking. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of Topin Tonight. Our thanks to Kaylee Nicole for coming on the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. 
For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob Zane. Thank you for listening and good night. Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.